0: to the Buddha, the Dhamma and the Sangha. Today's question is, meditating on old age, sickness and death doesn't seem like an uplifting meditation. Is there any upside to the meditation other than the obvious of penetrating truth? I feel that once you see the truth you don't need to do this particular meditation anymore. There are other meditations to focus on that will really lift the mind and make it happy. Am I missing something? I think this is probably a really honest type of question and where this person is coming from is probably where most of us, if not all of us, uh, begin in our thinking about old age, sickness and death. And the reason that we think of it this way is because we're compelled by our society to reject old age, sickness and death. And so it's very strong in all of us. We don't want to look at old age. We don't want to look at sickness. And we don't want to look at death. We don't want to face any of these things. And it's it's a, it's a truth in itself. We just have to look at the time period that we're looking at, that we're facing at the moment. This last uh, 16 to 18 months, however long it's been has been very challenging, it's been quite confronting if you take out all the views around it and if you take out the conspiracy theories and everything, then what everybody is faced with is is sickness and when you have to confront it and and think about the the way that you live and what's on the news is always about numbers about cases and numbers about deaths and And pretty much it's all about sickness. All you want to do is turn off the TV. And there is some truth in turning off the TV. The statistics show that globally people are turning off from the news. And I think having to listen to particularly old age sickness and death on TV. Like old age in the sense of care homes and the elderly and and protecting the elderly. And then all the views that come up around that. And then all the all the news about people getting sick all over the world, different countries and everything, it's, it's actually after a period of time, you think, I don't want to hear that anymore, I don't want to see it, I just want to live my life. And then when the death rates go up, there's also the same kind of thinking that I, I can't deal with this. So, That's the beginning stage of when you are asked to look at old age, sickness and death in meditation, but the Buddha is not asking us to look at it from a feeling perspective, as in, this is how I feel about it, and uh, this becomes uh, something that I want to personally have a view around, that you, you take it as me and mine at that point. Because it's in relation to me, whether I'm sick, whether I'm getting old, and whether I'm subject to death, or any of my loved ones or people that I know. So when Buddha talks about the Four Noble Truths, it's very factual, it's very, there is birth, there is aging, there is sickness, there is death, and then there is sorrow, lamentation, sadness, pain, despair. So Buddha is asking us to actually look at it in these ways that are meant for us to see actually a nature. So he's asking us to look at it in a particular way that that is meant to help us. And so when we look at it correctly, then something seems to open up. And when you meditate on it, and largely you're leaning on sata towards buddha in the beginning and you're saying I really want to see what is this all about and that's where you start from and yes you see the truth but then at the same time if you meditate correctly then there's a huge enormous relief maybe that's not the the right word for it but there's a tremendous amount of energy that arises in the mind that really expands the mind beyond personal feeling, personal experience, personal fears, personal anger, all the different types of feelings that that arise from it. And when it really pierces the truth, the mind is almost like it's set free. There's a liberation that comes. And when you really meditate quite sincerely around it, because you're a you're a seeker of the truth, but you're a seeker of the truth in the sense of there's no more denying, and at that point it becomes a different kind of meditation, and there's a blessing of having taken refuge in Buddha Dhamma Sangha at that point. In the suttas, in Buddhist teachings, and those of the Noble Arahants, one of the things that is very strong, is looking at Anicca Dukkha and looking at Dukkha Anatta. So Buddha says in this instance, Dukkha Sutta, Sanyuti Nikaya, Chapter 48, Discourse number 72, Buddha says, mendicants, when the perception of suffering in impermanence is developed and cultivated, it is very fruitful and beneficial. So this is the Anicca Dukkha side of it. So you're seeing the perception of suffering in impermanence. When you do particularly birth to aging, aging to sickness, sickness to death, and all the way through, what you're actually seeing is this perception of suffering and impermanence. You're seeing that the vehicle that we've selected for this life, and for those of our loved ones and the people that we live around, this body, this gross body, is subject to change, it's not lasting, and therefore you see the suffering in that. So that's the way you're meant to see it. Then the second part that Buddha normally emphasizes is when the perception of not-self in suffering is developed, so the perception of not-me and mine, when that's developed and cultivated, it's very fruitful and beneficial. So what Buddha means here is once you see a Nietzsche Dukkha, so you see the the Dukkha that arises because of the impermanence, because this body is subject to change, it doesn't last, then you see that as a truth. You see that as a universal truth. All beings are subject to that, whether they have gross or subtle bodies. And therefore, as a result of that, it's not a personal thing. You don't grasp the body then and say, well, that's mine. What you actually see is that universal truth. And therefore, as a result of that, one can actually enter into a very deep absorption. And if you ever wonder... Like in the Paticca Samuppata, sorrow, lamentation, pain, sadness and despair, that comes after aging and death. So normally in people's contemplations, you contemplate it as part of life. So you go Jhātipitukha and then people normally contemplate, you know, all their personal problems. And, they, and that's not wrong, but the thing is, it can slightly distort how you take the First Noble Truth. And so then after that you see aging and death. But the way Buddha presents it in the Pratita Samuppada is always birth is the condition for aging and death. Aging and death is the condition for sorrow, lamentation, pain, sadness and despair. And there's a reason for that. Because when you pass away, there's a lot of confusion, there's a lot of mental anguish, you've lost your, your home, your body. And therefore there's a sense of desperation. You're lamenting, why, why did this happen? Particularly if there's no wisdom that has been cultivated in one's life, then why, why, what do I do now? And then there's a desperation to find another home. And so if the wisdom faculty hasn't been developed, then one would choose whatever is available. And that could be also quite dire, depending on one's karmic, karmic purse, karmic balance, something that we don't fully understand. And also, if one doesn't have right view, then out of intention, if one has harmful thoughts, non-renunciant thoughts, ill will, then that also plays a huge factor. So Buddha always says to make sure out of right view you have the right intentions. You safeguard yourself in that sense, and therefore you develop the right kind of virtue that supports the path. And therefore the right mindfulness around at these moments, you know, you remember what needs to be done. And you also remember what is the, the right foundation for that. And the right foundation, when you talk about Kayanopasana, is really around, you've seen this truth of aging, sickness and death. That's firmly established. So if you're if you birth again, then you don't want to be subject to old age, sickness and death. Unfortunately, if you realize this point, then you actually realize in any birth, one will be subject to old age, sickness and death. Therefore, you want to choose not to be born. But this is firmly established in understanding this body, understanding Kabalinkara, Hara, the physical nutriment. So there's a, a tremendous release when you really see it in your meditation. The mind doesn't constrict doesn't go small when when you contemplate from Nietzsche like that that this body is lasting when you contemplate from you know personal suffering you can't get away from this personal suffering and then because it's personal you're not seeing it as a universal truth that it's mine it's me those are my loved ones and all that sort of thing in the meditation, the mind doesn't expand, and therefore it becomes quite morose. It can be quite unhappy meditating on these things because it hasn't broken through to really see the bigger picture, the ultimate predicament, that we are facing an ultimate test. And so I would kindly and gently remind that the Buddha's words are there for a, for a reason, And Buddha would never advise us to meditate on something that is going to make us worse. In fact, Buddha's words are there to alleviate and to help us not to do this again. That there is tremendous kindness, tremendous compassion, equanimity, joy in the Buddha's offering, in the Buddha's teaching. So your question asked whether there's any upside. And of course there's upside. So when you begin, it's as I was saying, that one's mind expands and it really transforms you. You, When you you enter into mental absorptions, you really feel it physically, and then you feel it in the mind. The mind is like it's set free. But I'll share with you a, a meditation that that is actually very, very powerful, but you only get there when you understand the subside side of jāti to jāra. And the, these are very, very high mind states. So it's not something accessible if you haven't understood and you have have taken the medicine that the Buddha given. And you've done the initial work and and it really penetrates that you really realize this link in the Padicca Samupādha. So I'm only gonna look at birth to aging, aging to sickness. So when when we're in that desperate state after dying, because this is the easiest way of explaining it, we're desperate for another home. And so we look for another physical nutriment because we still think that the, there's value in the physical nutriment. Out of ignorance, avidja, and particularly if we haven't uprooted the asavas, that taints, the, the bigger defilements there. Out of a asava, avijja anusaya, which is the underlying tendency. And particularly if you haven't entered the stream, this is particularly true, because you end up looking for a gross body in particular. So you take the physical nutriment out of desperation. You take delight in it, you welcome it, you remain holding. And so... You take it as suba. You take it as there's beauty there. There's something pleasurable there that can be taken from it. And so you pick, you pick, say for example, a human body. And assuming that your karmic balance is such that it's available to you. And so instead of taking something as repulsive, which is the asubha, and this is something that hasn't been cultivated before, that you, you actually see value in being born again. You don't see any anicca in the body to expect it to last, you expect it to not age, not get sick, not die. Just as one has just died. So you you pick that. When you meditate and you see that mistake, like at that test that mistake, and you realise actually from jara to jati, that is telling me that this body that I've picked is Nietzsche, is not Nietzsche. That means it doesn't last because it's subject to change. It ages. It's failing you already because it ages. And the way we can see that is we just pick one example for ourselves. This is the easiest way in terms of meditation to see okay, what aging thing am I denying? What is causing me personal pain, even? Well, for some of us, it's eyesight. It's that the glasses get thicker, or you need to go for laser surgery, or something like that. It's something so simple that you think, well, you ignore it because you got glasses, you took the surgery, or you you just, it's part of the, the way of life, so you ignore it. Or it could be something else that, as you get older and you have to do physical work, the vitality is not there, and you see that, this body is actually starting to, to crumble on you. And most of the time we can quite get quite angry. Like if we work for a living, needing physical energy, it becomes very tense in the mind. That when you really look at it, you're really disappointed at this body that it's failing you. If you, if you look at sports, for example, and you look at sports people that constantly get injured sports people that as they age they have to be they 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 get terminated from their jobs how awful is that and why did they get terminated it's because of the aging process they can no longer play that the the way that they used to play even for someone who's who's just at home when you do housework and as you get older that your hands they start to hurt when you try and do the things that you used to do, lift things in the kitchen, wash things, prepare certain types of vegetables, the fingers and joints ache. And that you do get quite angry or upset about it. And so when you look at it like that in the meditation, what you're saying to yourself is you accept, you accept this aging process for what it is. So you start with something small in yourself, because that's the only way you can really see it. But if you understand that that is what we are all subject to, every single being is subject to this. And so from a place of acceptance of this truth, this universal truth, and knowing that one has the propensity to get angry or to have ill will towards others or towards oneself, then you make a determination, you say, I'm going to accept this aging process. And despite knowing that I'm going to age now and tomorrow and the day after, I'm not going to have ill will around it. And if you really go deeply into the meditation with that, because you're accepting asubha, that this is not a pleasurable experience experience this is not a pleasurable physical body, that it's not, it's actually repulsive in that sense, and that it is failing you, that there is this thing in this body, then when you're able to accept that in the meditation, then you go to Subha Vimukti, and this is the beautiful liberation. And you wonder, why do you go to this beautiful liberation? You go to this beautiful liberation because you've accepted the repulsive. And it's very, very beautiful. So that's the first part of the meditation. So there is an upside, if you, if you can call it that. But it is really an ultimate relief. And then when it comes to sickness, if you take the meditation further after firmly establishing subhivimutti, subhivimutti, what's really good is if you spend some time in subhivimutti, and then when it's really well established, you can spread metta from this place, this state of mind. Because from this state of mind, what you have is a chanda samadhi, which is this concentration due to will. And what's in Chanda Samadhi, what makes it possible then, is actually Indriya Sangvara. Because you refrain from looking at bodies and physical nutriment in the wrong way, you're seeing it as Asubha rather than Subha. So that what's helped you to stay in this this state. And so what do we know about Indriya Sangvara? Well, Indriya Sangvara, or the equivalent of Santindrio that you guard the, the sense faculties, that you don't allow them to activate in the wrong way with, with sense objects, then you can cultivate metha in all directions. But if you continue with this meditation after cultivating Subha Vimutti, this beautiful liberation, then you contemplate old-aged sickness. And so with sickness, again, you look at something in oneself, So it could be that you you get sick, and and the thing about it is that what you're trying to see is that you are of the nature to get sick. We are all of the nature to sicken. It's one of the five frequent contemplations, so it's the one on aging. What we deny is always that we get sick. We do that normally from good health. I never get sick. If I get sick, I recover really quickly. Or there's all this medicine. So our reliance on certain things is like that. For people that sicken, we normally get very angry. So if you live with someone who is constantly battling the body, that they never have energy, that they've always got some kind of ailment, what do you notice about them? Normally you notice the foulness in their nature so they're quite prone to irritation. They're quite unhappy most of the time because the body that they've been born with is subject to all these things. And their vipaka kamma, the fruit of their kamma, is ripening in this lifetime in that way. So they're always disappointed that they can't do certain things. They're always unhappy that the body is failing them. They're always morose about how much medicine or medical appointments they have to go to. But even if you're healthy important to look at around you how many people are sick and predominantly most people are sick a lot of the time most people if you ask them they have something like diabetes or blood pressure high blood pressure cholesterol they have some even autoimmune disease they they normally have a cold or the flu or at the moment what's classified as as covid different strains, whatever names they want to give to it. But sickness also comes in different forms. If you remember the Girimananda Sutta, there's many there. Even eyesight. Eyesight, when it fails, there's names for that. There's eye diseases. There's diseases of the teeth. You know, when we have decaying teeth, are sicknesses caused by that. And then whatever's inside the body, there is sickness. There's mental sickness as well. There's sickness due to climate. There's sickness due to hunger. How upset to get when we get hungry. And that's a sickness that we don't call a sickness, but it is a sickness. When we're hungry, thirsty, when we're dying to go to the toilet, Buddha considers having to urinate and, and release excrement. These are sicknesses. So really what you're doing when you generate these these things in your meditation, this is the way of contemplating aging to sickness. We don't like that. We get angry about getting sick. So what you say in your meditation is that even though I know I'm of the nature to sicken, that all, everyone around me is of the nature to sicken, whether it's an animal or a person, you decide I won't develop anger over it. I won't develop hate. It's actually dorsa, which is hate. This next step is when I look around and I see people who are healthy, people who have vitality, who are strong, who don't appear to sicken. I won't get jealous about that. So you're cutting down these two things, jealousy and hatred. Because you see the truth you actually, in your meditation, you're seeing the truth that we are all of the nature to sicken. And then when you really see that, you really abandon any jealousy one has for people that appear super healthy and exuberant about life. Then you go to karuna apamana, so you go to immeasurable compassion. And so this is a very strong state. This is another, I guess, relief. Or, according to the person who's answered the question, this is another upside. So this is another pathway to karuna apamana. Ultimately, what you have to do in order to stay in karuna apamana is to let go of feeling. You haven't let go of it completely. The only way that you let go of feeling completely is if you go at least up to vinyana, jayatana. So the infinite consciousness meditation, six jhana. But in this meditation, if you let go of feeling, at least to some degree, one gets to the immeasurable compassion, and then you can actually stay there. And so this meditation in in total, if you do the subhavimuthi and you do the karuna apamana, it's very, very powerful. And so when you understand this truth that if you have the ability to do this meditation, you realize actually meditating on old age sickness and death is not depressing. And you really unwrap the truth about subha asubha, what you consider as beauty and what you consider as repulsive. And so when Venerable Sariputta, he considers patikula patikula very differently from the average person. Venerable Sariputta takes the young, the young person who has the young body and appears very beautiful, he takes that as repulsive. Whereas what he sees, the aging, sickness, death, those kinds of bodies that are riddled with old age sickness or with death, he takes that as beautiful. And so in this meditation, what you're really really aspiring to is actually how Venerable Sariputta sees it and and the state of a glimpse of the state of mind that venerable sariputta has and so you get this beautiful liberation in the first instance and if you continue with the meditation then you get the immeasurable compassion so it's worthwhile continuing with the meditation it's worthwhile doing this meditation and to keep coming back to this meditation rather than simply you see some truth and then you abandon it the stronger that you have this underpinning in asubha in a really wholesome way because it doesn't become a disagreeable object for you and then go to dukkha-dukkha, the painfulness in pain. Instead, you go to these other other things, the beautiful liberation or the karuna-pamana, the immeasurable compassion. The mind is actually very happy. The other way, of course, when you do kaya Nupasana, when you, you contemplate these bodies, is also to go to metta. It's also very good. So there's nothing to fear out of Asubha at that point, because sometimes you read in the suttas that certain monks had contemplated and then passed away. In terms of doing it in this way, in terms of cultivating it towards metta as well, which is the dukkha patipata painful way with slow realisation, these are safe ways of doing the Asubha-bhavana. Very helpful. One doesn't get depressed. So I'll leave the answer here. Wishing you all well. Blessings of the Triple Jam. Better ones are